What's going on, guys? You are listening to the Lens Culture Photography Podcast, hosted by myself, Jonathan Pajak. And I just want to let you guys know the purpose of this podcast is to help all of you guys, photographers, videographers in this awesome industry, grow your business. That is the main purpose here. If you want to access anything I reference in this episode, be sure to head down to the show notes of the episode for additional information. Enough talking. Let's get right into it. What is going on, guys? I know it has been a while, almost a year since I posted my last, a little over a year actually, since I posted my last podcast episode. Um, a lot of things have happened in my personal life, in my business, um, and I'm going to catch you guys up on that. But I also want to focus this episode on the podcast as to the main reason why I haven't posted and haven't recorded an episode in a while. And it's burnout and overbooking and just going way above and beyond in regards to the amount and quantity of work that you should be taking on a you know given week or monthly basis. Um, but before we hop into it, I want to say thank you so much for everybody listening. Um, I'm excited to get back in the trend of podcasts and doing it on a consistent basis. I got a new recorder. I got a new mic. My office is brand new. So I should be pumping these out at least once a week like I was before. Um, but I'm excited to get back into it. So yeah, where have I been? What have I been up to? Well, business has been great, probably too good, um, um, which sounds counterintuitive to say and think out loud. But for me, I got into a very, um, very bad state in t- late 2020, early 2021 um, that I really much, really pretty much played catch up through all of 2020 with, 2021 with, and that was just completely burning out of my industry taking on way too many projects and honestly not listening to my own advice. A few episodes back, I actually did a whole, um, a whole episode on perfecting your client experience. I did a few after that about, um, your pricing. And I honestly found that I wasn't even taking my own advice. And I think that was the biggest cause and reasoning to why I was not, um, why I wasn't being successful in, in my industry and why I was able to, why I was burning out and not wanting to shoot and not wanting to edit was because I wasn't even taking my own advice. It had been over a year plus since I did any sort of price change or any sort of analysis on my business. And that put me in a state to where with COVID reschedules, I was shooting six, seven weddings a month as a sole business owner with no editors. Um, and then on top of that, just, you know, having to answer the emails, do the editing, you know, do, you know, website content, stuff like that. So the podcast took a, a backseat for sure. Um, and in this episode, I want to talk about basically the best ways to prevent burnout. And then also just like small things that you can incorporate now, if you are ahead or on schedule that will help you, um, not only stay ahead, um, and be on schedule, but we'll just make your business be a little bit more fruitful where you're not ever really dreading anything in it. Cause that's kind of where I'm at now. So first let's jump into how I kind of dug myself out of that hole. Uh, the first thing I did was I turned down, um, a lot of shoots that were, um, small or just insignificant in regards to like a random family session or random stuff like that. Now that was obviously very tough for me as they're great money-making opportunities during the week. Um, outside of like your main stuff but I noticed that they were like kind of disrupting my flow of work throughout the day so like as I would be home editing or something like that I had to leave for like a family session or engagement shoot randomly um, and it would disrupt my flow and next thing you know 
you know, I get back from the shoot, I gotta, you know, take a shower because I was sweating or something, or put my camera gear away, or back up that footage, um, and it disrupts your flow of editing. So I really focused primarily on on getting the most amount of work done I could during my business hours, Monday through Friday, um, and optimizing that as as much as I possibly could. Because my philosophy was, if you were ever, and maybe you should, you guys should take this as on as well. If you're ever falling behind, um, doing as much as you can to catch up in a short period of time is the method I took as opposed to like dragging it out. Um, so for me, that's kind of what I did. Um, and I, and I, I did that by canceling shoots. So I would like not take on smaller projects that would disrupt my flow. And that helped out a lot. It helped out keeping my work schedule consistent and not having to focus too much on disrupting that. Um, the second thing I did was I actually, um, used an editor for some wedding films. I think I sent a total of six films out to editor. Um, which is an amazing wedding, a wedding video editing company. I loved every single experience working with them. They're very great at their job. Um, they're a team of editors across the entire globe, and you basically work with one project manager and one editor through your time there, and they really learn your style and stuff like that. So it really helps, you know, create videos. <clears throat> sorry, guys, that are on brand with your company, which was the biggest thing for me. I did not want any quality loss to happen during this time. Um, which is why I paid that money to, uh, you know, get some videos edited for myself. And obviously when you're behind, um, you know, maxing your profit probably isn't your biggest concern for me. Mine was, uh, you know, satisfying and, and delivering a really good quality product, but it was also just catching up as best as I could. So I could never be in this position again. Because I think a lot of us have probably been in that spot where, you know, you're getting emails. Oh, when's my video going to be done? When's my gallery going to be done? You're getting close to those delivery dates. And next thing you know, you're you're coming up with these responses as to why things are delayed or making excuses. And I just never want to be in that, my position um, in my business to ever have that happen again. Um, there was a solid stretch where I was late on projects for about three, four weeks over uh, my deadlines for about six months, and I just never want that to to experience that again. Um, but I can highly recommend Weditor if you're wanting to outsource your editing portfolio um, or editing work to catch up. Um, I will say they're not about speed; they're more about creating a relationship. So if you are um, a videographer that loves filming weddings but doesn't like editing them, I would highly recommend reaching out to them. Um, it definitely uh, keeps that like burden off of your back. Um, but they were a big help. Combining those two things was the biggest start for me for sure. Um, another thing that really helped me was perfecting my automations. Um, for me, I use a system called Tabe. I have had a whole episode on that before as well, so be sure to check that out. I'll have it linked down below. Um, but Tabe was great because is great because they have awesome automations you can set up for emails, invoice reminders, everything like that. I, I took a day um, and I went through and I worked through all my automations to make sure that everything from my inquiry email responses to you know the email after the wedding or anything like that, my questionnaire emails were all automated on a time schedule. Um, obviously there's certain ones that you need to put like personal touch to or like actually communicate in. So for me, like my inquiry email responses were not really crazily automated because I like reading the inquiries and responding as an actual human being. Um, but everything else I really wanted to create a, con a constant consistent workflow um, with the automations um, built in. So that way it wasn't adding up time. Um, and part of that is also just saving email templates. A lot of times if you find yourself writing out an email two, three, four, five, 
five times, it's time to save that as a template because it's obviously a recurring question you have um, in, in your business or figure out why is that question being answered and is there any way for you to um, answer that question like not passively um, or not aggressively but passively in like a guide or like a sentence and like your you know the contract or something like that where they can get that information if you find that you get annoyed by that email or question um and also i started utilizing um, a platform um, called aftershoot and it's an ai calling platform now ai is like a hot topic right now so i definitely nothing new if you're into like youtube or anything like that um i will say i highly recommend aftershoot it's not an end-all be-all for me I tend to use it as like a, a step one out of two. So I'm still using Photo Mechanic as mentioned before and like the softwares that I need episode. Um, but I do, you know, add in the AI aspect to it because all it really does is it takes out those family photos that like the eyes are closed or like a photo of the ground that doesn't have any facial expression. And the cool thing about the AI aspect of it is it learns like it learns more about you after you keep calling. So as my galleries and the amount of projects that I called using that AI software went up, um, it learned more about me. So therefore, it, you know, it gets it more correct every time if you if you will be. Um, but I still go through every single image in there, but it basically just takes out all the ones I know I'm not going to use. So it brings like a, a roughly 3,000 image, uh, you know, wedding day down to 1,000, which I'll end up calling down to like five to 600 or something like that. Um, but utilizing that AI really helped save some time as well, especially in the back end. So it would back end call while I was working on something else or something like that, um, which was very, very convenient. So that's pretty much how I, you know, um, helped myself get caught up in regards to the photo side. For the video side, I obviously referenced um, uh, Wetter as well. Um, but a big thing for me was limiting the amount of um wedding videography jobs I took in 2022 because um, I wanted to uh, create a realistic expectation for myself and how many films I personally can edit and deliver within a given calendar year while also being like creatively sound. Like I always say that because for me, like I'm never going to, you know, make a cookie cutter, you know, podcast that is the, ex or a po not podcast, um, a cookie cutter wedding film that is the, you know, the exact same film I delivered to a client you know, two weddings ago or something like that. I like to tailor my films unique to my couples. And for me, I found that that, that mark for me is around 15 to max 20 films per year. Um, once I pass 20 films per year where it's like more than three a month or something like that, I find that I just truly don't enjoy the videography editing aspect of it. And I also don't want to sacrifice the, the, uh, money in sending it to an editor in regards to losing you know that that amount on your bottom line um so for me i capped myself at 15 films and i've since capped that at 20 now since i've been caught up um and i found that like you know only having three four films on your backlog really doesn't um hinder me that much on the creative side um because that's one thing that i'll never compromise on my end is making wedding films cookie cutter not cool, not unique to the couple just because I'm burnt out and want to get it out and get it sent. Um, and I would say that every really high quality business that's at least trying to push their clientele is probably thinking the same as well. Um, so that's a huge one. But going back a little bit to the aspect of of falling behind and not and, and you know and not ever letting that happen again, 
I truly go into each wedding season understanding that like I need to start editing that week's wedding film within a week to two weeks. And if I see myself falling behind on that schedule, what I'll normally do is kind of just like set reminders within like not only like my client management system, but also even within my like, my personal cell phone just to like bring that to the forefront. This is the most important thing that needs to be happening um, and bring highlight to that. This was single-handedly the most difficult thing I've had to encounter in my business today was falling this behind and losing expectations with my clients and 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 delivering in delays. And once you go through something like this, you'll realize why you never want to do it again, um, especially on your personal side. I felt like I couldn't even post on my social medias whenever I was just like taking one day off or like a three-day vacation with my fiance, like because you have these projects that are due and you know, you're a human being too as well and you have a family as well. Um, so you'll realize that this is, you know, setting yourself up for success will definitely help you in the future. And if you have never felt fell behind or have never felt burnout before, if there's any episode that you listen to or take away any advice from me, it is definitely this one because not falling behind will always and not having burnout will always help you create the best product you can um, and just keep you excited to do to do it as well. For me, I try to always keep myself in a place where I can be excited to shoot the weddings that I shoot. I can be excited to deliver these galleries and these films to my clients because I know that like I worked hard on them and that their money that they paid is valued in the product that I delivered to them. Um, But enough with the sad stuff. Let's move on to what else I've been up to since my podcast hiatus. Once I did catch up, I had a lot of personal business goals within my business that I wanted to achieve going into 2023. Um, One of them was redoing my entire office. I'm actually currently making a YouTube video on this as well, but then I'll leave the link to that in the description below when it is posted. Um, But I I took the two weeks after I finally sent out my last project, um, I took the two weeks after and went on vacation. And once I got back from that vacation in Greece, I decided, you know what, I want to start fresh with my business. So I redid my entire office. When I say redid, I mean from the bottom up, repainted the walls, added an accent wall, made my own desk, got a new computer, bought a Mac studio. Everything in my entire office has been changed. With that as well, I also under underwent the longest um, overdue thing for my business ever, and that is my rebrand. Um, you'll notice if you follow my, you know, photography page or my Instagram, um, I rebranded from Lens Culture Photography to Lens Culture Photo and Film. Um, and I'm gonna have a whole episode outside of this one about the rebrand. Um, but in the sake of of teasing you guys a little bit, the rebrand has single handedly been the best thing I've ever done for my business. Um, in the positive direction, obviously getting out of, you know, burnout and falling behind is, is awesome too. Um, but the rebrand has been so successful in regards to elevating my typical client from one level to the next. And then also just appealing to like my, um, my ideal client, which is such a big thing that I've like learned more and more about myself since getting into this industry and shooting 35 plus weddings a year. Um, I would say that, I would say that my ideal client has altered and changed, but I am so over, like, so happy that I waited as long as I did to do my rebrand because I truly was able to find, like, who I was within my business and who my business is, you know, marketing to um, before I did it. And I would truly suggest that to you guys as well. If you're a new business listening to this podcast, definitely, um, 
shoot a year, shoot two years before you figure out and spend the money on a rebrand because they're not a cheap investment by any means. Um, and it takes a while too. It took me about three months uh, to do mine from the beginning to the end and cost a lot of money, which I'll go over more in my rebranding podcast episode um, next week. But definitely a really good, enjoyable experience um, in regards to uh, you know creating that ideal client and creating a positive and luxury brand that you know attracts that ideal client. But that is it for today, guys. Pretty short episode. When first one back in a long time. Um, again, I'll be pretty much weekly with these. M- m- normally, it will be Thursday or Friday uploads um, as well. So be sure to subscribe and um, add the podcast to the library. I appreciate you guys so much for listening. Be sure to connect with me on Instagram and YouTube. I post there pretty frequently, and I'm always answering questions um, and hanging around in the DMs. But have a great week, guys, and I'll talk to you next episode.